with all that's happening in the world, we are wishing you all the best in health, happiness, and love. Be safe. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lunita. I'm Nina. And I'm Justin. And we're just two parents coming at you from our tiny-ass apartment in Brooklyn. Luna is currently down for her afternoon nap. Thank you, Luna. Love you so much. Thank you, Angel. Um, As always, she's our hero. Um, Just a sweet angel in general. Uh, Just... For the most part. A wonderful... Little girl, love you so much, boo-boo. Yeah, two and a half is a good age. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, season two, episode two, uh, we are talking exploring the supernatural, right? With Halloween around the corner, and then directly after that, Dia de los Muertos. Uh, we wanted to bring in the season with an episode focused around the supernatural and our personal experiences within these spaces. Definitely. I think this is another topic that people often hide from friends and family or they deny experiences they may have had if they're totally unexplainable or literally out of this world. And including denying it to themselves. That's what I meant. Yeah, they they deny their own experiences because sometimes it can be terrifying. Sometimes it can cause trauma. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted to kind of shine a light on our experiences, um, as usual, to open up these discussions and really just be honest about these occurrences, I guess. Definitely. We have the mood set right now, y'all. We have our pumpkin honey butter candle going, sipping apple cider. It's a nice, crisp, sunny fall day. So sip some cider and get in the mood with us. Yeah. So let's jump right into it and let's start with why do you feel it's important to discuss this topic? Because so many people around the world have had supernatural experiences and they have had to hide them from themselves and from other people and navigate the murky waters of the supernatural alone. And these are experiences that you never forget. As long as you live, they stay with you. Why not create a space where people can be open and honest and listen to one another's stories about supernatural experiences? They're more common than we would like to believe. And they're more common than we've been led to believe. And a lot of people have existential questions of what comes next, what's after, what's the point of this life, what am I doing here? And even with all that said, I mean, there's one constant in life for everyone. Death. That's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. So why sidestep the question? Why not talk about these topics? Why be so fearful of the inevitable? You know, I think that our society, American society, is really fearful of death. And even I remember as a young kid being 
very, very afraid of it. That's not the way other cultures operate. And as a result, you can appreciate life so much more when you're not living in fear. Definitely. I mean, you know, this is a whole nother topic, but we're even afraid of aging. I know, don't alone, get me started. Let alone death. You should see my medicine cabinet. So many anti-aging products. <laughs> Nothing wrong with trying to look good, man. You Nothing know. wrong with looking good. Fine line. All right, so, you know, what are we talking about when we talk about the supernatural? There is a wide range and there is way too much to cover in one episode, but we're going to do our best to touch on a lot of these areas. So for some people, when they think of supernatural experiences, a really common one that comes to mind is extraterrestrial experiences or experiences with aliens. Yes, they do exist. We're not here to debate that. So if you're not sure if you believe in aliens, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll I'll get to this a little bit in more detail whenever I talk about my personal experiences with this. But there's just so much information out there and so many reports and and even government-funded programs dedicated to this topic. So, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of absurd to sit there and call multiple millions of people as having similar psychosis yeah, or and, shared psychosis. Yeah, and it's often thought that when people talk about their spiritual, extraterrestrial, supernatural experiences, we are quick to judge them as being crazy or lying for attention, or even in some cases that they have convinced themselves that that's what happened because they're not capable of dealing with the trauma with what really happened to them. That's sometimes the case, but I wouldn't say that that's 100% of people. Some people really are sane, stable, upstanding members of their communities, and they have had these experiences. And because of the stigma and because of the way we as a society like to make fun of people who talk about these experiences, many of us don't share our experiences at all. And that's just not right. Like, that's not cool. Which is what we're trying to do here, break a little bit of that stigma. Definitely. Next on our list are psychedelic experiences. Lord, you want to see some supernatural shit? Well, then just take some psychedelics. Yeah, I would aim to say that this is probably the easiest way and I don't want to call it easy. No, it's not it's, easy. It's the most direct way to access the supernatural. Most definitely. It's the most consistent way to access the supernatural. Most definitely. Again, you know, if you want to step into these spaces, we have done previous episodes on the topic. We did we covered microdosing, we covered MDMA therapy, and we covered actually tripping 101, a guide to the psychedelic journey. Um so go back and check those episodes out if you haven't already. And again, we'll get a little bit more into detail whenever we talk about our specific experiences here coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, Near-death experiences is another form of a supernatural experience. For anyone who's had a near-death experience where they have come back from it or where they were clinically, legally pronounced dead and then recovered from whether it was an illness or an injury or an accident or whatever. Um, a lot of near-death experiencers report extremely supernatural visions and experiences 
when they were in that kind of limbo of being out of their body, not really alive, but not fully crossed into the afterlife yet. We read a fantastic book on it that I'm going to link in our supplemental blog post for this episode because I can't remember the title of the book right now. Yeah, Consciousness Continues. Boom, there it is. Uh, So we'll also have that up on lunita.nyc along with a bunch of other resources. But for anybody who's had a near-death experience, um, a lot of people report them being extremely spiritual and supernatural and totally unexplainable. Yeah, and the the craziest part of it all is that... You know, there, there's so many similarities, one of them being the the white light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody's heard about that one. Mm-hmm. But it's it's real. It's not just fantasy in a novel. It's not mm-hmm. just a television show or movie show that you've seen. These are actual experiences and that, that have been taken and adapted to the screen, mm-hmm. not the other way around. No. So it is really interesting. There's also that same book, Consciousness Continues, is on... Amazon as a documentary. Now the lady's doing it all by herself, so I think there's only like two episodes available, but it is really just It's amazing. Definitely check it out. Yeah, really interesting stuff. So, you know, again, lunita.nyc will have a bunch of resources on there, but that one there, near death experiences always um kind of gives me chills. Yeah, that shit is wild. It's just too many people. Mm-hmm. You know? Next on the list is very similar to the near death experience, I think. Um, out-of-body experiences. Mm-hmm. So these could be, you know, through a near-death experience where somebody dies, finds themselves floating above their body, or is about to get in a car wreck, finds themselves floating above their body. I have actually read quite a few books and talked to a bunch of people in the community, in the spiritual community, that can induce out-of-body experiences either through astral projection or, you know, deep meditative states Okay, another form of supernatural experiences is, these two are kind of connected, so we're just going to put them together. Uh, Experiences with spirits, experiences with ghosts, experiences talking to people who can help connect you or translate a message for you from a deceased loved one or relative. So speaking to mediums or receiving direct visitations from spirits. I have had these experiences on and off throughout my life, but a lot in my earlier years when I was a child, a lot a lot of people report specifically within a short time period after someone has passed away who they either lived with or were very close with, seeing their spirit, seeing their ghost, receiving direct messages from them, or even certain times of the day when the veil is believed to be the thinnest between our world and the spirit world, typically like one to four in the morning, is believed to be a time where it's easier for spirits to try to contact us. So we'll get more into that as well. And then, of course, for all of you who don't know, a medium is a professional who can channel messages and speak to the deceased to help just kind of the living communicate with their loved ones who have passed on. Or help the deceased transition past the limbo. Yes. And into the afterlife. Yeah. Some people get stuck. Yeah. Another big one, um, religious experiences. 
This one is a little more tricky because often when we think of people reporting messages from God or messages from the divine, we assume that they're crazy or that they have some type of schizophrenia or they're in the middle of a hallucination, which sometimes is the case. For whatever reason, there is a correlation, at least in my experience, between working with people who are severely, severely mentally ill and their kind of ill-fitting connection to religion and using it as an excuse for some of their behaviors. But that's not always the case. And there are certainly people who have received religious experiences or who or who have had religious experiences who are sane in their day-to-day life. Yeah. And I mean, you know, some of the most well-known stories in the history of man seem to be religious-based. Religious stories are widely accepted Mm -hmm. and widely spread. Totally. And the point is, no matter what people are talking about or experiences, it's not our place to judge them. It's not my place to determine whether or not what somebody claims to experience actually happened or not. I'm not a fucking detective, and I really could care less whether it happened or not. Because even if it wasn't real to me, what's important is it was real to them. Yeah, it doesn't have to be part of your reality. But if it's a lived experience that somebody went through, we should at least give them the benefit of the doubt and don't judge them. You don't have to accept them at total face value, but it's important not to shame people. Oh, of course. And then another type of supernatural experience that's commonly talked about is experiences with entities, whether they are negative or positive. An entity, in the way I think of it in my head, is something that was not and is not human. You know, and some of these include demonic possessions. even get me started. Again, you could go back to the religious experiences, angelic experiences. Uh-huh. We could be talking about vampires. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a story, I think it was back in like 1901 or like 1906, where a bunch of kids, like 40 of them or something, I forget where, I'll have to try and find the link, put it on lunido.nyc. Mm-hmm. But, uh, they saw a vampire in a cemetery and it had like metal teeth and mm-hmm. you know it was Hell. it was reported in the newspaper and everything that is so scary which would I mean, be like terrifying as terrifying. Well, you know also people believe your children okay kids do not have a reason to lie about things of the supernatural because they don't know what the hell they're talking about a lot of times experiences of supernatural could be real experiences. And a lot of times they happen to children. A lot of times... Well, children... maybe they're closer to that life-death cycle. Yeah. And I also believe that especially when kids are really young, like before they get to school and before they have been indoctrinated fully in the way we function as a society, they have a lot more access to imagination and creativity than adults do. And it's really not until they get into a school setting that they are encouraged or bullied or forced to kind of turn that part of themselves off. I, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. There are plenty of people out there, especially children, that say that they can see people's auras, Mm -hmm. say that they see 
dead people. No. You know what really <laughs> blows my mind, though, is kids that can talk about what they experienced in their previous life. Yeah, past life regressions and past life memories are some of the most interesting things to me. And constantly, it's young kids that can give specific details about their previous lives. I watched a documentary about it. It was nuts in the best way possible. But yeah, that's real too. Totally. So the point is, believe your kids. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's a there's a fine line you got to walk between imagination and experiences. Yeah. But, you know, at least play along a little bit. Yeah. And it's not like... It's not common for a kid to be psychotic. That very rarely happens. It's most likely something else. Maybe it's imagination. Maybe it's real. But either maybe way. Maybe it's a traumatic experience that they're yes. trying to explain in a different way. Yes. And you should probably be paying even more attention Hell to yeah. that just in case it is a traumatic experience and not a supernatural experience. Hell yeah. Just pay attention and believe your kids. That's what we're trying to say. Yeah. Okay. So. And then the, the last one that I want to talk about is... Um, just basically different levels of consciousness. Uh, these are deep meditative spaces. These are interacting with your higher consciousness. These are vibrations and, and meeting your vibration on a higher level or a lower level. And this could also mean even messing around with substances. Like in my personal opinion, or at least in my personal experience, what alcohol does to me is it actually lowers my vibration. Definitely me so too. So if I'm in a space as I used to be, uh, where I'm drinking a lot, I'll find that I'm interacting with more negative entities than I would positive entities. Mm -hmm. Where if I was, you know, smoking weed or taking psychedelics, I'm, I tend to, you know, kind Brings of... Brings out a better version of yourself. Better version of myself as well as a higher level, higher vibrating beings or something like that, if that's... And I'm just... And we'll talk about that in a little I bit. just want to add this point because it's relevant. I remember as a kid walking past the liquor stores with my parents and always wondering why they were called spirits and liquor Ooh, or spirits yeah, yeah. and alcohol. Why Wine is, and spirits. Wine and spirits. Why is hard alcohol called spirits? So I learned that in some cultures, particularly Muslim culture and cultures that don't engage in drinking alcohol, there is a fundamental belief that when you consume alcohol, it literally lowers your spiritual vibration, like you were just saying, and allows spirits from other realms to have access to your body much easier. So when people talk about blacking out to the getting to the point where they're so drunk, they don't remember what they did. Some people believe that the blackout was because another entity or another spirit entered their body and did what it wanted with it. Also, think about people who, whenever they get too intoxicated, a different person shows up. They're no longer themselves. Commonly, their eyes are like glazed over. Totally. And they say things that they would otherwise never say. Now, this could be a total cop-out, but... Totally. But it's something that shook me because I never thought of it that way. And it made me much more conscious about my own alcohol consumption and much more careful about who I was consuming alcohol with. Absolutely. Something to think about. But the point is that there are a lot of people that believe that what you're putting in your body, how you're living your life is directly going to attract or deflect certain types of energies and certain types of people. We all know we're not our best selves a night after drinking. 
Think about the company you keep when you're engaging in that type of activity. Totally. We're going to get into some of our personal experiences with the supernatural. We've covered a lot of different topics here. We're just going to talk about the ones that for us were the most significant and the most memorable. Because otherwise, if we talked about all of them, this would be a three-hour episode. Hello. So, do you want to begin? Yeah, sure. Um, So, going back to our list, extraterrestrial experiences, number one on our list of the supernatural. Wow, 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 wow. What a topic. I had a crazy experience whenever I was 16 years old, back in southwestern Pennsylvania, In an area called Chestnut Ridge. Shout out to Chestnut Ridge. Yeah, there's a documentary on it on Amazon. Again, we're going to be linking to that in the blog, so be sure to check out the post. But this area is well known for odd experiences. You know, you can think Bigfoot, which a lot of people laugh off, but it's, you know, a lot of people in the area talk about it. Mm-hmm. and um, extraterrestrial experiences, including mm-hmm. Kecksburg, which is supposedly the Pennsylvania Roswell. So I was fishing one night, and, you know, long story short, I end up looking in the sky, seeing it, what I thought was a shooting star. It went back and forth, back and forth, shot off into the sky. I lost four and a half hours of time. Yeah, that's really, really common when people have experiences with extraterrestrials is a significant loss in time. So I remember you've told me this story since when we first started dating. It's always been the same story. I know you're not making it up, but we started to do more research about extraterrestrial experiences and found out that that's something that's really common for a lot of experiencers. Like one minute it's noon and you blink, you don't know where the time has gone and it's five o'clock in the afternoon and you don't know where the fuck you've been. Yeah, like you're driving down the street, all of a sudden your car shuts off and a specific song was playing, and then whenever your car turns back on, it's hours later and there's a whole different radio station. These aliens are sloppy. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, woke up after that four and a half hours with a giant like golf ball sized pain in my left eye. Mm-hmm. And a golf ball sized pain. <laughs> well, a, a searing pain in my left eye that ended up swelling up to the size of a golf ball Mm -hmm. except for it didn't hurt to the touch and it wasn't black and blue or anything it wasn't like i got hit in the head with a flying rock or something and um ever since that experience i feel as though i've been open to a lot more different supernatural experiences Mm -hmm. including additional extraterrestrial visitations if you will yeah So I have not personally had any experiences with extraterrestrials. Sometimes I think I have vicariously had them through Justin because I believe that some people are just more um, interesting to extraterrestrials than others. I don't think it's that people are special and some people are just more exciting or interesting than others. But when you think about it like a science experiment... When human beings decide to study sea turtles, they pick one, they flag it, they follow it, and then they choose to follow its offspring too because they want to study the life and the experiences of a sea turtle. I think with a lot of extraterrestrial experiencers, it's the same thing. You're not being picked randomly. You're being picked because there's a family lineage of people in your life that you are related to who have also 
been followed or it had experiments done on them. And so... You're just another one in the long line of lab rats. Pretty much. Pretty much. Possibly. I That's don't know. how I like I to don't think know how it. To, I don't know how to ex- explain it or I don't really know what to think of it. It kind of comes and goes in waves. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, psychedelic experiences. Of course, you could go check out the trip reports on the blog. Um, you know, DMT, my DMT experience was one that like really, really pushed the boundaries of what I thought was even possible in existence. And it really just opened up my eyes to, you know, the fact that we're not seeing everything. Like we only see a very, very minuscule amount of the light spectrum. Uh, We only hear a specific frequency range you know so we're we're missing out on a large large portion of the happenings that go on around us Mm -hmm. i also want to say and i do not recommend doing this at all this was whenever i was younger and dumber Uh, i had an experience with duster where i was huffing duster oh yeah i have duster once or twice well i got pulled into what felt like some sort of hell realm and this guy was naked and soaking wet standing in front of me and he was just like he had his ears covered and he was just screaming at the top of his lungs and he made the way he made his way all the way around the room right up to where I was and I had to like yell at him to leave me alone because it was total fear at that point and he went running off into another room and I went and chasing him to console him and I actually went up to him and tried giving him a hug to help him out and then at that point, it kind of like faded out. Mm-hmm. And I was like left standing there. Just I'm fucking never fucking with des- du- Duster again. Weeping and, uh, out. You know, yeah, these, these lower vibrational places, I, I don't want to visit. No, so. fuck that. Fuck that and fuck Duster. Just smoke weed, okay? Yeah, so. But don't do anything illegal. Yeah, nothing illegal. Duh. Anyways, yes. Psychedelic experiences i have had plenty i remember one specific mushroom trip that happened a few years back way before we had luna and typically i'm pretty aware of who my spirit guides are and who my kind of like i don't want to say angels but people that watch over me or entities that watch over me and typically they are all male They give off very strong male energy. But during one specific experience with mushrooms, there was a very strong female energy. And I remember her being just kind of made of like a mixture between smoke and fog and clouds. She didn't really have a physical body as the other ones had. It was more of like a higher light being type of energy. And Just the colors red and orange were so vivid for me. And it was at a point in my life where I was going through a lot of really difficult transitions, but she really came to me and just eased a lot of my worries, eased a lot of my concerns um, that I was experiencing as a female that I felt my male guides couldn't help me with. And to this day, I will never forget how I felt when she showed up. It was like instant relief. But I could talk more about that later or another time, but we have a lot to cover, so we're going to keep it pushing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So the next one that I want to jump to is kind of like a mixture between a couple um, out-of-body experiences and just these meditative spaces. I've been doing a lot of meditation over the past half year, and I've been doing a lot of yoga and just really trying to connect with my higher consciousness. Right. And it got to the point where I would be laying in bed, and we were about out for the night, but you would be like reading a book next to me or something like that. And I started feeling like my body was shaking, like physically starting to bounce around. And it would get so intense to the point where it was like, I'd reach over and grab you and be like, is there some sort of like, do you feel this bed vibrating or bouncing around? Or is like there an earthquake going on or something? Like, no. And you would look at me and be like, no, not at all. I don't even feel you moving at all. So then I'd kind of focus in on it a little bit more and, and determine that it's probably something inside of me, which could also just be just as terrifying. You know, you never know, some sort of muscle tremor or brain spasm or something. And I would find myself in this space where if I focused in on it, it would intensify and intensify and then get to the point where the same noises that were happening whenever I smoked DMT like this like this super revving up would occur and I would have to kind of shake myself out of it and abort the experience. So I started talking to the community and everything and they were telling me that it's like astral projection where you can physically, or I guess your, your soul can pop out of your physical body and you can float above yourself, turn around, look down, see you sleeping and then like, you know, just fly off. Kind of like a lucid dream, but even more real than that. And this has been going on for about six months now. And I, I kind of have no idea what to do about it, really. Um, other than try and accept it and overcome the fear of that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. super intense vibration. But, I mean, you know, I so I'll report back if I ever pop out. Pull up, pop out, <laughs> pop in, a. But... I have not had experiences the way Justin is talking about, but for uh, a good chunk of my mid-20s, I had sleep paralysis pretty regularly. And I guess the scientific community likes to say that sleep paralysis means part of your brain is asleep and part is awake. Because I had many experiences where I would wake up and I was unable to move. I remember the first time it happened to me it made more sense to me in my 20-something-year-old brain at the time that while I was taking a nap, a fucking ninja had come into my apartment, injected me with some type of paralyzing agent, and then left because I had no idea what was going on. I could see the room around me. I could see the time changing from one minute to the next on the clock but I could not move. I could not scream. I could barely blink. It was horrifying. And I eventually, after trying to shake myself awake and to scream to call to my roommate, gave up, went back to sleep. And when I woke up, I was able to move fully again. But the experience happened many times over the course of like a few years. And that experience alone, whether sleep paralysis is your brain kind of going on pause partially or something else, I don't know, but that's the closest I can relate to an out-of-body experience as being. 
And that's a terrifying one. And it was horrifying. Or actually, there was a moment when I was in labor where I think I was in the middle of pushing Luna out and my body just separated from my soul. Like I was so tired by that point. I'd been in labor for like 20 something hours. And I just was like, I don't have any more energy. Like the soul put the body on autopilot and said, I'm going to take a little rest. Yeah, and I just kind (laughs) of checked out in a way that stayed with me. Um, And for a quick moment, I saw kind of myself standing on the floor pushing. I was squatting, pushing Luna out. And I saw over myself for just a quick minute Mm -hmm. and went back in. But I was just so tired. I was like, I don't even know how I can do this anymore. Like, how can I get some relief? I kept saying to myself, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. And it was right around the time when you start to tell yourself you can't that you really find out you can. Totally. But those are my out-of-body experiences. Nothing like yours. Either way, very intense. And again, everybody's experience is going to be different. But I used to talk to my class. And just, you know, as a writing prompt, kind of let's share an experience that you might have found odd or that you believe others might not believe that you would, you know, totally. wouldn't mind sharing today in class. Yeah. And we had long, long conversations about UFO sightings, mm-hmm. um, specifically my Guyanese students. They were talking about like the black water down there in Guyana. Yeah. And um, yeah, pretty pretty crazy stuff no you know totally totally so next time maybe instead of arguing politics at the uh thanksgiving table maybe just see what kind of crazy experiences the human beings around you have had throughout their lives yeah because you'd be probably pleasantly surprised definitely definitely everybody's had something and if you haven't get ready get ready um okay Next, I want to talk very briefly about spirits and ghosts because I have had experiences with both throughout my life. I have some of my earliest memories of feeling like when I'm being put to bed at night by either my grandmother or my mom or my stepdad or my grandfather, that when they would leave and turn the lights out and I'd be alone in my room, I would feel like something was watching me and I could not shake it. It wasn't like it happened once. It was like years of my life. I felt that every night. Um, now, do you want to provide a little backstory on that? I should your... specify that the first like six, six-ish years of my life, I lived with my grandparents and my mother and my aunt and my uncle all in a house in the suburbs of Chicago which we recently found out was actually built on a Native American burial ground. But as a child, I remember feeling like whenever I was alone in the dark, particularly, eyes were on me. I don't know if it was good or bad. It just was. I would kind of label it a neutral experience, but I did feel afraid because I couldn't see yeah, what there's an uneasiness that comes with it, but doesn't necessarily mean negative. No. I also, around those years of my life, did have an imaginary friend. Um, and she was with me through most of my childhood. And even as I moved from one home to another, so 
while I went through some traumatic experiences in my younger life, I do not think she was like a physical manifestation of my traumatic experiences. I also remember that my imaginary friend had a couple very specific traits about her that made her particularly odd and signified to me and my young brain that she was human-ish, but no longer fully human. So for one, her feet never touched the ground. They always hovered a couple inches above the ground. She was always the same age as me. So when I aged from three to four, from four to five, she aged with me. She always had the same kind of hairstyle. She always had Bantu knots. She always was in like white linen. It wasn't like rags, but it wasn't the nicest of clothes. Does that make sense? Yeah. And she didn't really talk. It was like she communicated with me through telepathy. Telepathy? Mm-hmm. Got it. Telepathy. Telepathy. Okay. <laughs> she communicated with me through telepathy. I could see her. She was almost always with me. It wasn't like just when I was alone. She was with me at the dinner table. She was with me in the car. She was with me at the park. But none of the adults that I lived with reportedly could see her. Now, could any other children ever throughout your life? Typically, I spent a lot of time alone as an only child. I didn't live with any other children. I didn't have young cousins. I did have friends, but she didn't usually come with me to school, and she wasn't usually there when I had playdates. Gotcha. She was only with me when I was alone. Gotcha. No, only with me when I was uh, the only child. So it could have been I made her up. And for years, I thought I had. Most of my adult life, I went thinking, this was an imaginary friend. This was a way to cope with me being an only child and kind of the boredom and the loneliness that comes with being an only child. Until I was about 26, 27, and I spoke to a medical intuitive. Um, A medical intuitive is somebody who helps kind of see if there's any spiritual reason behind some of the physical ailments a person could be going through. I went to see her because I was having pain in my shoulder and my imaginary friend ended up coming out and we talked a lot about her and the medical intuitive kind of confirmed that this imaginary friend I had throughout my childhood was in in fact not imaginary and um, potentially a youth who had been somehow connected to the home who had died. Mm -hmm. Whether it was a family member of mine who lost a child and she was the kind of spiritual manifestation of that child or something else, I don't really know. And I remember her... I remember her showing up, my imaginary friend showing up towards the end of my pregnancy Like within the final days before I gave birth, I remember um, her just kind of one night I got up to go to the bathroom and I went and looked back at the bed and she was just floating over the bed in a sleeping position. But she was the same size, same age. It was like now I had aged and was an adult and she was still a child. And after that, I haven't seen her again. I wonder sometimes if she'll show up for Luna or if she has shown up for Luna Mm -hmm. or if Luna will have her own imaginary friends But yeah, it was an odd experience that kind of just stuck with me throughout my life. And then 
when my grandfather passed, which was when our daughter was about like six weeks old, four weeks old, around that time, I went back to Chicago the day after he had passed to kind of say goodbye to his body and be with family. And I remember I was sleeping in his bedroom and I was still really uh, fresh in the postpartum stages of parenthood. I was really depressed. I wasn't doing very well. And I remember I was just laying in his bed one night. It was late. Everybody was asleep. And this white mist, fog looking thing came through his bedroom door. It was closed came through his bedroom door and just hovered kind of at the foot of the bed for a good couple of minutes. I mean, it felt like hours, but it probably wasn't more than a few minutes. And I remember not being afraid at all and feeling so calm and even saying to it, oh, hey, grandpa, like, sorry, I didn't get to say goodbye while you were still alive. Um, But I felt a lot, a lot of relief. And in the days after he passed, I felt a lot of relief because I was having really intense dreams and some visions of him being reunited with family and friends and being so happy to be free of his physical body. And that experience is another one that just kind of stayed with me forever. Whether he was coming to give me some type of comfort or to say his final goodbyes or what, I don't feel that he arrives in that same form anymore. I do feel like sometimes there'll be moments where I'm standing in the kitchen, cooking, chopping something, doing something, and I'll feel somebody behind me and I'll turn around and it's not Justin and it's not Luna. So I'll typically say out loud, oh, hey, grandpa, like, thanks for stopping by. But it's never a feeling of fear. It's never a feeling of he wants to hurt me. It's always a feeling of just checking in just seeing how it's going. And it brings me a lot of comfort. Yeah, I actually had a mushroom trip one time where your grandfather and your uncle came to visit me. And um, we had maybe like a five-minute conversation. And then they went on their way. So I I do believe that he comes through here uh, quite often. Yeah. And we keep altars for all of our... um, ancestors who have passed which we'll talk about on another episode but yeah we definitely invite loved ones who have passed to come stop by say hey check up on luna yeah whenever they want yeah and um these experiences come in all different types of forms they really do and who knows you know when the next one is going to come for either of us but it's something that just kind of stayed with me so deeply and affected my development when I was younger, that I was always aware that this is not it. This is not, this physical form is not our final form. Yeah, and it's not the only form currently in existence. No, definitely not. And whether that scares you or brings you comfort, that's really... To each their own. Yeah, that's how you perceive life. But um, for me, I find great comfort in knowing that the people that you love that you lose are never really gone. Totally. They're just chilling on another plane. Yeah, yeah. All right, with all that said, we want to jump into some quick probes. So, 
how can others begin to experience or feel more comfortable in their supernatural spaces? For some of us, these spaces might feel very foreign, very scary, even unwanted, or we might want to know more. We might have questions. It might be something that excites us or energizes us. Either way, we want to talk to you about what to do if you're having a supernatural experience or you've had one that you want to process. Or you want to have one. Yeah. So first, we recommend that you realize professionals do exist and are out there to help you. Yes. We actually have spoken with these wonderful sisters, the Solace sisters, wonderful people. They are kind enough to offer all you listeners a discount code, um, Lunita10 at checkout. Check them out at thesolacesisters.com. Of course, we'll have a link to the website on our blog post, lunita.nyc. Again, that's code LUNITA10 for a 10% discount. Oh, we love you. Thank you so much, Solace Sisters. They're wonderful human beings in They're general. They're amazing. And they really, really actually helped me process a lot. So thank you so much. They worked as wonderful mediums for me when I really had a conversation I needed to have with my grandpa. And we just weren't able to kind of communicate the way I wanted to in my waking life. And my dreams were not helpful. Um, Sometimes I feel that messages can be given to us in dreams from people or entities from other planes, but for whatever reason, I wasn't able to get the message. And so when I spoke to them, they gave me a lot of clarity and reduced a lot of anxiety after speaking to them. Totally. I had like a tear-filled, joyous moment with them where I was actually speaking with my deceased grandmothers, and it wasn't even about any sort of messages that were coming through. It was just, they really knew my grandmothers and they were really speaking with my grandmothers and I had an opportunity to just talk with them again. And it was just a very profound experience. And I, again, highly recommend them. The Solace Sisters, thesolacesisters.com, code LUNITA10. And um, yeah, that'll be on the website as well. Again, thank you guys so much. Another pro tip, meditative spaces. All right. For me personally, um, I have been focusing on meditation for breathing, mm-hmm. just kind of like to exercise the lungs, really. And that's how it started, yeah. uh, as well as with yoga. And the yoga was for just stretching and and learning to focus that breath. But through that, I've actually gotten very, very good at meditating. And I've gotten to the point where I can go into these meditative spaces visualize something, bring it back out, and then I draw it. And it's like a piece of art for me. And there are messages in there, and there are moments of extreme clarity, as well as explosions of ideas. Yeah. So to all those that say, well, I just can't meditate, I just can't sit still, don't think of it as a meditative process. Think of it as exercising your breathing or exercising your lungs. Just the same way as you would exercise your arms doing push-ups or something. These breathing techniques have really brought me into a different space. So I highly recommend if you are looking to expand your consciousness, if you are looking to experience something outside of this third dimensional realm, start with a simple two-minute breathing exercise. Mm -hmm. 
Definitely. There's also a lot of online communities that are available, whether it's through Reddit or I don't know how to pronounce this. Assist? Yeah. So go go and find the community that you want to be a part of or go and find a community that ha- has similar experiences as yourself. You'd be surprised at how many different communities there are out there. Now, I had mentioned this on an episode of Trip Space, a podcast that I had guest appeared on. Mm-hmm. Uh, love that podcast, by the way. Love the guy who runs it. Uh, but we were talking about just spiritually transformative experiences in general. And there is a specific forum that kind of runs the gamut of these. And that's Assist. A-C-I-S-T-E. And we will be putting that on the blog as well as a resource because I've found immense joy and just a slew of knowledge through talking with the people on there. And they really are a community that's so accepting and loving and just willing to share their information as well. So I highly recommend Assist. I also highly recommend Reddit. It just seems like a really positive space for a lot of people exploring these different levels of consciousness. So Mm -hmm. I highly recommend that. Definitely. There's a ton, a ton of books on the topics of the supernatural, but we're going to link some of our favorites and some of our most recommended in the blog post as well. So be sure to check that out. Yeah. And um, just one that I want to shout out again. Uh, we had mentioned it earlier in the episode. Consciousness Continues, yeah, that which is just great. based around the near-death experiences of quite a few people over on the West Coast. Um, and what they share is just incredible. Yeah. So I do highly recommend that book. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to use this time to be very clear. Ouija boards are not a game and they should not be dealt with. I know a lot of people think, oh, it's going to be cute. It's around Halloween. Let's bust out our Ouija board. Whether you believe in them or not, if you don't know what the consequences are of something, I really wouldn't recommend doing it. And that's just a motto for life. If you can't fathom the consequences of your actions, maybe you need to rethink those actions. So Ouija boards are something that we do not rock with and we do not fuck with in this house because essentially what you're doing when you're trying to make contact with just anything is you're opening up a portal. And when you open up a portal to another dimension or another universe or another plane, you may not be able to control who comes through that portal or what comes through that portal. And even more importantly than that, you will definitely not know how to close the portal. And so it's just not a risk anyone should take and Ouija boards are a big no-no. Playing with the supernatural is not a game. We share our experiences because they are ones that have been extremely profound and life-changing for us, but it doesn't mean that at any point in our life were we asking or looking for or seeking out experiences with the supernatural because they are most definitely not always positive. And as we know, there are many people who host demons. There are many demons in this world. One of them is our president, but just (laughs) be careful of what you're doing. And if you don't know what you're doing, please talk to a professional, not like 
a kind of professional. Like, really do your Not research. Not your cousin Sally who decides to come over and tell you to whisper some demon's name some in the mirror Mary five shit. times. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. None no. of that. None of that. No, cancel Sally. You know, w- with, with that said, take these experiences and the spirits that you encounter seriously and and treat it all respectfully. Uh, we do not want to be messing around with or joking around with something that we don't really know anything about. No, definitely not. So if you are having experiences, there is, like we said, a lot of professionals you can reach out to. And we wish you the best on your journey. Also, you know, accept these experiences as reality and investigate a little deeper if you're comfortable doing so. You should never be sitting there doubting yourself or... Well, I mean, I don't want to say that you shouldn't, because if you do feel like you're going into some sort of psychotic state, it might be helpful to reach out to a therapist. But you should also give yourself the benefit of the doubt and understand that you know you best and that these experiences are something that can occur. So don't just write them off as a bad dream or a crazy hallucination. And again, investigate deeper if you're comfortable doing so. With that said, try to avoid the feeling of fear going into these experiences or surrounding these experiences. That is such a powerfully negative emotion that you can actually attract the negative to you. So what I've learned throughout my experiences and only what I'm sharing through my personal experience is that it is better to get angry than to allow your psyche to be consumed by fear. Obviously, you want to meet everything with love because love is the most powerful emotion and the most sacred emotion. But if you just can't feel love in that moment and there is something terrifying happening, meet it with pure anger, not with fear. If you can. So... That's going to be it for today's episode. We hope that this has been informative and helpful for any of you who are curious about the supernatural and that it has encouraged you to share your experiences and your stories with the supernatural with someone so that you don't feel so alone. Yeah, and if that means DMing us on Instagram or shooting us an email, then by all means, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, we're here for you in any way we can be. We're wishing you the best on your journey and happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. If you enjoy Lunita, please subscribe and leave a review, share with a friend, or share on your favorite social media platform. If you want to show even more support, consider joining our Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, you can help us continue to bring higher quality content to the world. Don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, at Lunita Podcast. And be sure to check out lunita.nyc for supplemental posts, additional material, and more. And if you haven't heard it yet today, you are loved, you are appreciated, and we will see you on the other side. Can you say thank you, everybody? Thank you, everybody.